everyone. Welcome back to Diary of an Empath. So I am so excited because I have not done an episode by myself without a guest in a while. And although I love having guests because I love learning, I love bringing new information to all of you, sometimes I like just getting on the mic and talking about different things. So First of all, I just want to thank each and every one of you for the growth, for the support, for sharing the episodes. It's been absolutely amazing. In just 26 episodes, we have made this podcast grow bigger and bigger and reaching people all around the world in Egypt and Lebanon and Croatia and different parts of Europe. I'm loving the growth. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's because of each and every one of you that come back each and every week to listen to the episodes to support, which is why I keep doing this and why the podcast is growing. Okay, so today's episode is something that I have gotten a lot of requests on. Now, for those of you who do not know me, I am a licensed mental health therapist, but I'm also a psychic intuitive. So when people think about a psychic, I think they think about a futuristic crystal ball, the witch rubbing the ball and telling you your future, and it doesn't quite work like that. Now, I will say that Different psychics work differently. Not every psychic works the same. And innately, we all have our own psychic abilities. If you've ever been driving down the street and your instinct told you to turn left instead of turning right, and you avoided a huge car accident that would have made you two hours late for work, or maybe you've got that gut instinct that the guy that you're dating is cheating on you, and it turns out that you were right. You didn't have any evidence behind it but you just knew. Those are all psychic abilities. We're all born with them. And especially children, they're a little bit more innocent to the world. They haven't been skewed by religion or by society views or societal expectations. And so they're a little bit more open when it comes to those types of things. So children also tend to be more psychic. And of course, there are individuals who just have strengths when it comes to their own psychic abilities. And for those of you that have been listening to my podcast, you've heard me talk about the fact that when I was younger, even in my 20s, my psychic abilities to men's bullshit was always spot on. <laughs> and I just always knew when something was off, even till this day, my my abilities when it comes to people lying to me, when something doesn't feel right, just knowing, I just have this inert knowing before something happens and sometimes it just happens. My specialty is really with the tarot. I've always just had these intuitive type of feelings, these intuitive type of things that would happen to me. But when I started working with tarot and started doing readings for other clients, it just seemed to come naturally. I never started reading for myself. I immediately started reading for other people and I've been doing it for the past three years and I love it. So there are questions that some of my guests, some of my listeners, some of my clients have had for me. I wrote some of them down. And I kind of want to just go through some of them because these are questions that come up time and time again. So I thought, what better platform than to do it right here on the podcast and answer some of your questions? So the question that I get the most frequently is what are psychic abilities and what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Because we hear this phrase, psychic medium, but most people don't realize that there's a difference between being a psychic and being a psychic medium. But what are psychic abilities? Well, psychic abilities, like I said, we all have them, but psychic abilities, true psychic abilities is being able to really 
know things, to sense things, to hear things. Sometimes it's tasting. Sometimes it's seeing through your third eye. There's something what we call clairs. If I remember all of them correctly, clairsentient, which is what I am, clairsentient is like an empath on crack. Imagine just walking around being like a emotional sponge. You know how sponges can absorb all of the water, all of the liquid, and unless you really wring it out really good, it will keep those liquids inside. Imagine being an empath and someone called a clairsentient, which is like an empath on crack and just absorbing all this energy, all these feelings around you. So not only do clairsentients absorb the energy of themselves and those that are within their proximity, but they're also absorbing all this shit that's around them. And so we feel not only what they're feeling, but we feel their energy. We feel their emotions. We feel everything. And sometimes it's a feeling in the gut. Sometimes it's a feeling of the emotion as if I'm going to cry, as if I'm going to get angry. Sometimes when I connect with my readings, I'll feel the energy of their guides coming through. I'll feel the energy of their spiritual team. Sometimes it feels like bubbles. And it always comes through on my back. Sometimes it feels fuzzy. Sometimes it feels like electric kind of running through my back. Sometimes I'll feel it on my leg. And I have a theory that maybe it's pets. Sometimes I'll feel it on my head. It'll be like bubbles on my head. And maybe that's the crown opening up. But I can usually tell when someone has a lot of guides or a lot of spiritual energy coming through because I feel a lot of it on my back. Imagine... Have you ever been at a restaurant and there's one of those heaters next to you and you kind of feel the heat coming on your back? That's how it feels to me sometimes. But sometimes different energies can feel different. Sometimes it feels minty. Sometimes it feels like bubbles. Sometimes it feels like heat. It's kind of hard to explain. And I don't know why different energy feels different. But my theory and my assumption is it's the same way in the human world when heat feels different. We know that's energy. We know electric is energy, but that has a different sensation. So I think that different energy just holds different sensations, and that's maybe why I feel the way that I do. I don't know if other people have those same sensations or if it's just me, but I can speak just from my personal experience, but I'm sure that other people have different experiences. I don't think that it's a one-size-fits-all. I don't think that there's a right or wrong way to have psychic abilities. So this is just my experience. Some people have what we call clear audience, and that's clear hearing. Now, I want to be very clear. As a mental health provider, I also am not taking away the fact that there are some people that deal with mental illness that can hear auditory hallucinations, such as schizophrenia, people who are manic when they're having a manic episode with bipolar disorder or other type of mental health illnesses that will have those types of symptoms. So I'm not taking away from that. And that does exist. That is a real thing. However, there are some people who have what we call clear audience that can hear certain things. Sometimes it's words. Sometimes they're hearing it in their head. For example, if you stop and you think of the word red, you can hear the word red in your head. At least most people can. You don't necessarily have to hear it outside the scope of your ears. So internally, sometimes people can hear certain words. Sometimes they will see certain words. For me, I hear a lot of vibrations, sounds, and frequencies. And not to get mistaken for people who may have been exposed to a loud bang or something that damaged their eardrums, this is different. This is when you're hearing vibrations. 
we know everything is energy. That is a scientific fact. The way that you are watching this, whether you're watching this on video, whether you're listening to this in your car, you are listening and watching because of the frequencies that are being transmitted to you. That is energy. So the same thing goes when I'm hearing auditory vibrations. I'm hearing the frequencies. I'm hearing the tones. And sometimes when someone's guides come through, or sometimes it's even my guides, I can hear the frequencies and the vibrations. They're very high and they have different pitches. And when we raise our vibration, when we get on a higher frequency, it's a lot easier to connect with your guides and with other spirits and and in the spirit realm, it's very difficult for them to lower their vibration. So we have to raise ours, they have to lower theirs, and it's meeting in the medium. And that's why psychic mediums are called psychic mediums because they're meeting in the middle. We'll get to that in a second. There's also some people can feel things. I forgot the name of the Claire, but some people can actually touch objects and get a history of the object or maybe who the object belonged to. I've never been able to do that. I think it's fascinating, but that's not something that I've ever been able to do. Of course, most of us know the term clairvoyant, and that's really being able to see with your third eye. If you stop what you're doing right now, close your eyes, except if you're driving, don't close your eyes if you're driving. But if you're driving, don't do this. But if you're sitting down, if you're at your desk, if you are at home, close your eyes for a second. And I want you to picture a beach. I want you to picture yourself sitting on the beach. I want you to picture yourself putting your toes in the sand. I want you to picture listening to the waves and watching the waves. And what does it feel like? What does the breeze feel like? So as you're able to picture all of this, you're using your mind's eye. Clairvoyance works very similarly. So people who are clairvoyant are able to see pictures through their mind's eye with what spirit is bringing to them, whether it's about the person that they're reading. Sometimes it comes very unexpectedly. It can be about random people. I have a friend. She sees random shit. She has no idea what it means half the time. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. A good way to exercise this, especially if you are experiencing it, is to write it down. Write down the things that you see. Journal. Write down the things that you're experiencing. And that way you can go back and reference it if you need to, if it comes to fruition. So those are just some examples of different clairs that some people have and some people use with their psychic abilities. Now, what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Well, like I mentioned before, mediums have to raise their vibration. Spirit has to lower theirs. Psychic mediums are able to connect with past loved ones. So people who have experienced a human life who have now passed on to the other side, they are able to connect with those that have passed in order to bring messages for those that are still living in the human world. Psychics are able to sometimes see future outcomes. They're able to read current energy. They're able to really give you guidance on living a human existence, such as your career, such as your love life. Every medium that connects with past loved ones is a psychic, but not every psychic is a medium because a lot of psychics who may have their own psychic intuitive abilities, but oftentimes will use stuff like the tarot. Now, the tarot is a tool. It's just a tool in your toolbox. It's not a magic crystal ball, but it's a tool that helps pass messages along. And really, anyone is capable of using the tarot. Some are stronger than others, and you do have to kind of learn and work with your intuition. 
But there is a difference between someone who says they're a medium and someone who says they're just a psychic. So that's something to keep in mind, especially if you're looking for someone to connect with your past loved ones. Now, I can say for me, my mediumship has come in spurts. So I allow it to come when it happens. So I have never had the experience. I don't see spirits. I don't see them walking around. I don't imagine them in my head. I sense them. I hear frequencies. And sometimes I can get an idea of the personality. And sometimes I use tarot in order to ask about their personality. And sometimes they want to talk and sometimes they don't. People have to keep in mind that when spirits have moved on after living a life here, sometimes they're doing stuff on the other side and their personalities are just as individualized as we are. Same thing with our guides. So we can't control them. Oftentimes when I'm doing the reading and my client wants to talk about career or wants to talk about love and their guides or maybe their loved ones want to talk about something completely different, I can't control them just like I can't control you. If I told you right now, I want you to go get me ice cream. I don't know why I'm thinking about ice cream. But if I told you right now to go get me something to eat and you're busy and you don't want to, I can't make you do it. Just like I can't make your loved ones come through, I can't make them talk about certain things. But oftentimes when I do ask, I ask for the highest good and they're going to talk about the things that serve your highest good. So another question that I got was, how did you know you were a psychic? How did it start for you? What's your history? And is there a difference between mental health versus your abilities? Which we kind of already talked about. But I kind of already knew that I was intuitive, but I never accepted it. I always would know things before they happened when it came to people in my life. I talked about this on a previous podcast, but one example, I was dating a guy. I knew that there was something with the ex-girlfriend. I'm like, there's just something missing. There's something, he's still dating her. There's something. And, and my friend was like, how do you know? What, what did he say? And I'm like, he said nothing. I, he said nothing. Everything is great. I just know. I don't know how I know something just, it was eating away with me. But then my ego, my logical side is like, what evidence do you have that this is even true? And so my intuition would always fight my ego. And then I would overthink because my intuition was telling me one thing. My brain was telling me another. And then I would go back and forth, back and forth for days because my intuition wouldn't let it go. And of course, within a couple of days, it came out. I was right. And I always found that these situations would happen to me over and over and over again until I started trusting my intuition. So as I got older and started really strengthening my psychic abilities, really trusting, trusting was the big key here. When I started trusting my psychic abilities, things just started to align with me. People that were not aligned with my path started disappearing. And so I want to say that I've always been an empath. I've always been an empath times 20, times 100. And I would always go to crowded places. I would feel very anxious. I would feel very depressed. I would feel sad. I thought it was me. I thought it was my hormones. I thought it was my thyroid. I thought I had mental health problems. 
And it wasn't until I started realizing that I'm picking up on other people's energy, learning how to protect my energy, that I really started to understand that, oh, this is my abilities. And now I'm better prepared to go out into the world. And for those of you that want to learn how to protect your energy, go back to a couple episodes back. I did a great episode on how to protect your energy from toxic shit. So great episode to check out as well. Another question I had, do departed loved ones know when things are happening in our lives? And I think the answer is yes. However, I do think that it really depends on what they're doing on the other side. And it depends on reincarnation because I do believe in reincarnation. I believe heavily in past lives. So my theory is that if they are doing things on the other side and they're involved in our lives in terms of guiding us in certain aspects, maybe now they've become a spirit guide for us. Maybe they're guiding us in a portion of our life to help us out with a cycle when it comes to maybe a love cycle or a career. I know I have a grandmother who's attached to me when I travel. I just feel her energy. I feel her presence. I know she's with me when I travel because she likes to travel. So maybe she hasn't chosen to do a reincarnation yet, or maybe it's not ready for her or in in her soul path within her time. So I think it really depends on a lot of different things. For those of you that are interested in learning more about that, there's a great book that I recommend called Many Lives, Many Masters. I actually learned about this book through Oprah Winfrey. It was on Oprah Winfrey's recommended books. It's an amazing book, and it's about a psychiatrist called Dr. Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss. He's a very respected psychiatrist in his field, and he had a client that he was performing hypnosis on. During this hypnosis, a lot of her spirit guides came through, her ascended masters came through, and they started talking about her past lives. During these hypnosis sessions that he started recording, his deceased son came through or they talked about his deceased son. And from then on, he was a believer because she had no way of knowing that. He made this into a book and they really went into detail of why we have past lives, what happens when we pass, the different dimensions, why we live a human existence, how some people don't just live a human life, but also live lives on other planets. So it's very fascinating. So it's definitely a good book and a good read if you want to learn more about past lives and what the purpose is and what happens when we pass. Another question I got is, how can empaths or sensitive people protect themselves from toxic relationships? Now, if you want to get into more detail, go into my episode about how to protect yourself from toxic shit. But when it comes to protecting yourself from toxic people, toxic relationships, toxic situations, first and foremost, you have to be able to forgive yourself and understand that you are sometimes going to attract these people in your life. As an empath, as a healer, we have a natural light about us. We also are very compassionate. And people who are toxic, who are narcissists, really what comes down to it is they have a very, very wounded inner child. And people who are wounded want to seek people who understand, who are compassionate, who will put up with their toxicity. That's why they stick around. We tend to be a little bit easier when it comes to the narcissist or somebody who's very toxic to cling on to because we understand we want to look at the good in them. And we also can sometimes be a little bit easier to manipulate because we're so understanding. So the first and foremost thing that you need to understand is that it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. 
there's not something that's broken inside of you because you attract these type of people. But you do need to learn to trust your intuition. That's going to be a key factor with learning how to navigate these types of situations and these types of relationships when you do enter these or when you do meet these types of people. The second thing I always tell people is that you can't ignore the red flags. So if you see a red flag, don't ignore it. If it's waving in your face, don't keep going. If you're on a cliff and you see red flag, cliff is coming up, approach with danger. Are you going to keep going and be like, fuck it. If I fall, I fall. No, you would stop. You would turn around and you would walk or run the other way. So if your life's in danger, you're going to turn around. But yet when we're in danger in relationships, which can sometimes put your life in danger, we tend to move forward. So Not ignoring the red flags is really important. Oftentimes people show us exactly who they are if you pay attention. Everybody has some baggage. Everybody has some stuff that's going to be a little concerning at some point in the relationship. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about red flags waving in your face, love bombing, gaslighting, altering your reality, abuse in any way, whether it's emotional physical, or any type of abuse, you should immediately leave and turn the other way. Oftentimes, these red flags come up very early in the relationship if you pay attention. So it's just really important that you trust your instincts. If you see these red flags, that you don't stick around to see what other flags are going to wave in your face. You need to know your standards and exactly what you want in a relationship. I always tell my clients, and this is something I had to learn the hard way, write down the things that you want in a partner. If this person is not meeting those basic needs that you want in a partner, don't waste your time. Don't waste his or her time. But you need to love yourself to a degree that if anyone gets in the way of that love for yourself, that you're not going to stick around, that you're going to walk away. You have to make that pact with yourself. That's the key thing to protecting your energy is knowing when to walk away because you're still going to meet toxic people. It's going to happen, but you also can meet healthy people. But if you don't make room for those healthy people to come into your life, then you're not going to meet them. So you have to remove the toxic energy. You have to remove the toxic people and the toxic situations. Okay. So another question, bringing up past lives again, do we have them? And what can they teach us? I do think we have past lives. And I think the point of past lives is for us to learn lessons, having a human experience. And I think that it's going to be hard for any of us to really say for sure what the purpose is, because I think that it's very difficult for us as a human to conceptualize and grasp the broadness of what it means to have a past life. However, I do really, really, truly believe that past lives are meant to teach us lessons. There are people that we come into this life with that we've had karmic connections with. Maybe something happened in a past life between you and that person. And now you two are here together to 
uphold that karma, to teach each other lessons. There's something between you two that you have to learn in order to move forward from that karmic debt or from that karmic lesson. And sometimes there's trauma bonds. Sometimes we have trauma with someone from a past life and that energetic cord is still stuck with that person. Have you ever met somebody that you don't know what it is or how that person has a hold of you or vice versa and you just can't seem to move past that person? And it's oftentimes because we have a trauma bond from either this life or a past life. Sometimes we have energetic cords that we're still tying in with that person. I know with my daughter, I've had past lives with her. I truly, truly believe that she was my mom in a past life. <laughs> she acts like my mom in this life. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm the child. I'm goofy and a little crazy, but you know, I have fun. And she's more logical and more like, okay, this is how it is. It's black and white. So sometimes I wonder, I'm like, she's had to have been my mom in a past life. But I think a lot of the people that we come into this life with, we have had past lives with. But I would highly recommend that book, Many Lives, Many Masters, because it goes into detail. And it's just a really, really intriguing read. I do think that it came from source. I think it came from Ascended Masters and Spirit Guides. And that is what drove Dr. Weiss to write the book. So really, really interesting book. I had another question. Have you ever had a near-death experience and what happens? I personally have never had a near-death experience. However, I did have a very scary experience where I thought I was going to be in trouble. I had a severe anaphylactic reaction to a medication. It was instant and I was on the ground within about five seconds and immediately the room was just a blur. And ironically, I remember thinking so clear. I remember in my head just thinking, oh my God, what if something happens to me? What is my daughter going to do? Who's going to take care of her? Did I leave enough life insurance money? Ironically, these very logical things started going through my head as this was happening to me, and it almost felt like time stood still. I felt like 20 minutes had gone by, but really only maybe a few minutes had gone by with this. And I remember being very calm and telling my daughter, if mommy passes out, make sure you call 911 and tell them I took that medicine on the counter. Luckily, I was able to deep breathe for about 20 minutes and my heart rate finally slowed down, but I had hives from head to toe. And I'm very lucky that my throat didn't close up. I was very, very, very lucky. It was a very severe anaphylactic reaction, very scary. A lot of people have said that they've experienced a bright white light. There have been people that have experienced their loved ones coming to the forefront. Some neurologists have argued that there's stuff that happens with the amygdala in certain parts of the brain when we pass or when we're close to death. And that's why we have those shared collective experiences. Because the question stems, how is it that so many people have had this same experience? So is it from a spiritual perspective, and this is what they are really experiencing? Or is it from a neurological perspective? perspective? And is there something happening with the brain, which is why there's this collective set of people that are all having the same experience? 
And unfortunately, unless you have one yourself, I guess we'll never know. At some point, we'll all find that out. But that's kind of where the argument is. But some people say that it was a true experience. It felt real to them. Some people have said that they've gotten messages from the other side when they were near death and came back and those messages came true or came to fruition. And that was their evidence behind it. I do firmly believe that there is another side. I don't personally believe in heaven and hell, and I'm not taking that belief system away from anyone. However, I feel like a lot of religion, and I might get some backlash for this, but I feel like a lot of religion was put into place for power and control, especially during the 15th and 16th centuries when monarchies were big, such as you know King Henry Tudor, Queen Elizabeth, etc. And there was a lot of religious turmoil surrounded around those times. However, I think that there's more to what we truly understand than what can be put in one book. I'm not taking away from anything that's in the Bible, the Quran, or anything else, but I think that there's so much more than what we can conceptualize and really truly understand to what happens when we pass. I try to look at it from this perspective. If you look at the planet Earth and you compare it to one grain of sand on the beach, And you take all the grains of sand that exist in the world, and those are all other planets. Do we really, really want to say that heaven and hell and the afterlife is only for humans on our one planet when there's trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of planets that exist and the likelihood of advanced life on other planets? And any any scientist will tell you that based on the numbers, it's probably very accurate. There are a lot of planets with a lot of existing life that's out there. So we can't have such a narcissistic view to think that we are the only life forms that rate the afterlife. So I again, I think that there's so much more than what we can conceptualize than just there's heaven and hell and that's it. I do believe in an afterlife. I do think that there are different dimensions. I think that the universe is all connected. I think that energy is all connected. I think that as souls, we're all connected, but we're not just souls that have lived human lives. I think we have lived many different lives as many different types of beings. And some of those are what we call star seeds. Star seeds are very, very old souls who have not just lived the lives here on Earth, but also on other planets as different beings in different lifetimes and have chosen to reincarnate to live a life here on Earth. And most of the time, very old souls, when they choose to come here and reincarnate on Earth, it's because they're here to help in some type of way. So if this resonates with you, you might feel like you're not really understood at your core. Like there's very, very few people in your life who truly, truly get you and understand you. You might have really different aspects of your personality. You might be somebody who is truly compassionate about helping other people or wanting to see the good in humanity. Most of the time, starseeds really connect with those type of characteristic traits. So that might be something that resonates for you. So another question that I get are, what are chakras and how can we balance them? Now, I want to be clear, I'm not a chakra guru. I do what I can in terms of learning and in helping my own clients. But essentially, chakras are energy points in the body. 
And each chakra has a different set of scopes that it controls and that it helps, such as your third eye. Your third eye is what helps you see things for what they are. Sometimes it's associated with clairvoyance. Your throat chakra, that's what helps you speak your truth, honesty, clear communication, standing your ground. And sometimes the throat chakra can be associated with thyroid or throat problems. You have the crown chakra. That's your opening. That's your door to source. That's your door and your opening to spirit. You have your heart chakra. Your heart chakra is really all things matters of the heart. Your your capability of loving and being loved and receiving that love. And sometimes the heart chakra can be related to your heart problems. It can be related to chest problems and chest cold. You have your solar plexus. That's really going to control your energy outsource, your creativity, the things that you like to do. And so sometimes that can be your gut instincts. You know, when you get that gut intuitive feeling and it's right in that gut, that's your solar plexus going off. You have your second chakra. That's all about intimacy and feelings of closeness. And sometimes when you have issues with your second chakra, you might have UTIs, you might have fibroids or miscarriages or ovarian cysts or things that are in those areas. Your sacral chakra, your very base chakra, that's all about being grounded, trusting, security, your home, your finances, that grounding. And if if that's off balance, maybe there's stuff going on with your home life. Maybe you don't trust easily. Maybe you don't feel secure. And sometimes for men even, they can have prostate issues, colon issues, lower back pain, things like that. So the chakras are really, really important to make sure that you're balancing them. You can do this through meditation. You can do this through Reiki. And it's an ongoing process. Like I've balanced my chakras, but then something happens and my throat chakra is off balance. For me, my throat chakra is usually my strongest chakra because I do a lot of speaking. I'm someone who's always truthful. I always say it like it is. I always speak my mind and I'm always talking because I'm dealing with clients. I have a podcast. So my throat chakra is my strongest, but my heart chakra struggles sometimes because I love to love. I've been hurt before. I have a hard time trusting sometimes. So my heart chakra is constantly something I need to work on. My base chakra is really good. I'm really secure in my life. I I love my home. So you know, you might find that there are certain chakras that are stronger than others and other chakras in your body that you have to realign often. And I'll probably do another podcast specifically on the chakras if that's something that you guys request. Okay, so the next question, crystals. I get a lot of questions about these. I have them everywhere. For those that are watching now, I I'm holding some of my collections and I love my crystals. I I didn't really understand what it was about until I had my spiritual awakening. I'm like, why do people spend so much fucking money on crystals? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty, but they're expensive as fuck. Why do people do this? It's a scam. And then when I had my spiritual awakening and I started really working with crystals and I started feeling the energy of some of them, I'm like, oh, I get it now. I understand. I started working with a stone called Moldavite. It's actually a tektite. It's very, very, very strong. And this was before the whole TikTok craze with Moldavite. And TikTok made Moldavite very expensive. But I've had several pieces. And Moldavite is very, very strong. And it puts you on the path that you need to be on. So for those that are watching on YouTube, 
this is a moldavite. As you can see, it's very transparent. You have to be careful of the fakes that are out there because there are a lot of them and a lot of people trying to make money off of them because there is such a popular craze now because of TikTok. But Moldavite tends to put you on the path that you're supposed to be on whether you like it or not. Some people are not ready for that. So you have to really be ready. But it's a very rare stone because it was made from a meteorite that crashed in the Czech Republic. So it can only be found in Czech and it has to be mined. There's only so much that's left on Earth. At some point, it's going to run out. And because it's rare, it's very, very expensive. That small piece that I just showed you for those that are watching, it's maybe about an inch long. Um, that small piece is about $180 to $200 just for that small piece. So they're getting more and more expensive. So if you are interested in getting Moldavite, I highly suggest to get your hands on one. The only place that I trust my Moldavite from is a place called Inner Vision Crystals. I am not affiliated with them in any way. I do not get any money. They do not sponsor me. So this is completely unbiased, but it is the only place that I trust to get my Moldavite from. They also have a really good collection of crystals as well. Now, of course, there's other crystals that you can work with. There's amethyst that helps open up your third eye. If you are an empath or somebody who is very sensitive, I definitely recommend anything dark like black tourmaline. Black tourmaline is something that is very helpful with protecting your energy. You can also get something called hematite. Hematite will help ground you. There's also clear quartz. There's labradite. Labradite is a beautiful crystal. It helps protect you. It helps open your third eye. It helps hone in on your psychic abilities. My suggestion, if you are a crystal virgin, would be to just go to a metaphysics store. Find one in your area, go to a store and see what calls out to you. Touch them, feel them. You know, I don't know if there's restrictions with COVID, but try to just see what you're attracted to and go from there. Usually you're going to feel called or you're going to feel pulled to something. And then you can see what the meaning is or what it helps with. And you're probably going to see that it coincides with something that's going on with who you are as a person or something that's happening within your life. If I had advice to give to anyone out there who wanted to connect more with their intuition or their spirituality, because that's a question that came up. I would say, first and foremost, you need to start learning how to trust your intuition. Meditation is a huge, huge, great way to connect with your intuition, your spiritual team, and to just practice being mindful. We live in a generation and in a society that we're so busy and we have lots of distractions. We have a phone that's constantly getting distractions from Facebook, social media, from our emails. We have distractions at work. We have deadlines that we're doing. We have kids. We have all these things that are going on in our human existence. So it's very important that you find time for mindfulness to look within and to connect with your higher self, connect with your guides, and really try to focus on just being still. When you do that and you take time every day to do this, you're going to see that your intuition is going to increase. You're going to connect more with your spirituality and you're going to feel more grounded, especially if you're an empath or if you're someone who's sensitive. It's extremely important that you do these things at least once a day. Getting out in nature is also a great way to just connect with the earth. The earth has its own energy and its own frequency, just like we have our own energy and our own frequency. And what's ironic, I don't feel like it's a coincidence, but it is ironic. Our brain measures at the same frequency that the earth has in terms of the earth's frequency. This is all measurable and has been measured by science. So it's no coincidence that 
our brains and the earth have the same exact frequency. So sometimes when we go through things with that throughout our day, throughout our lives, our frequencies can get lower. And so it's important that we reground, that we connect with nature so we can balance and equilibrize our energy and our frequency. So we can kind of go back to that equilibrium because if you're constantly doing stuff, constantly giving, constantly doing shit for the kids, doing shit for your spouse, doing shit for work, go, 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 you're running on an empty tank. You can't be the best person, the best mother, the best father, the best girlfriend, the best wife, the best boyfriend, the best friend. You can't because you're not giving yourself that space and that time to recharge your energy. So it's very important that you be selfish. You have to put in time for your self-care. My 2022 resolution to myself is to find more balance balancing my energy, balancing my time and saying, you know what, I haven't finished this project or this editing or whatever it is that I'm doing and it's okay. I'm going to finish this tomorrow or I'm going to balance it more out through the week because I have to prioritize my energy and my sleep. I'm no longer going to beat up my mind and my body and push myself to the limits. I don't have to do that. We live in a society that, oh, sleep when you die gym seven days a week? Do you even lift? Like, no, no, we need to take care of ourselves. We need to reprogram and rewire our brains to say it's okay for self-care. You should be doing self-care. We should be promoting and encouraging self-care because if you have kids, for example, your kids are looking at how you're operating. They are learning from you. So if you want your kids to have self-care, well, you have to exhibit those same behavior. So you have to take care of yourself. And that is going to be a great way to really connect with your spirituality, hone in on your gifts, connect with your guides. And hey, if you feel called to get a tarot deck, get get tarot, bust it out. That's another question I get from people is, you know, is tarot bad or is it evil? It's not. It's a tool. Just like the Bible is a tool, just like the prayer is a tool. It's just a way to connect with your spirit guides. It's the intention behind it that's important. If your intentions are good, then your outcome is going to be good. I might do another podcast later to go more into detail about the tarot. I do tarot readings. And of course, if any of you ever have any questions, feel free to always reach out to me. I'm always open and honest and available. So I hope that this episode was interesting for all of you. I know it's a little different than the typical episode that I do, but I get these questions a lot and it's a big part of who I am as a person. So I think it's really important. I mean, the show is called Diary of an Empath. So what better of an episode to do than to talk about empath and psychic abilities? So I hope that all of you have enjoyed this episode If you like it, please rate and subscribe because that is what helps me as a podcaster. It helps the podcast grow. It helps the podcast be available to more people. The more exposure that I get with the podcast, the more people that we can help. And that's the goal of this podcast. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of you who watch and listen every single week. It means so much to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, see you on the next episode of Diary of an Empath.